Welcome to On the Gridiron and On the Court, episode 10. I'm your host, Josh Robb, with my co-host, K. Smith. What's going on, people? We have a full slate for you guys today. We have our usual matchups from last week, our guys who shine on the gridiron, our playoff matchups this week that are the most notable and intriguing, also offers on the gridiron, commitments. What you got for us, K. Smith? Man, before we even get started, man... November, November 8th, something crazy happened, man. What, man, what happened, man? Guess what happened? What? The Pelicans? Man, what? the Pelicans and the Warriors faced off. No, we lost. And the Pels lost. Yeah. But within that game, something that's even crazier than the... Well, AD dropped another 30 points? No, man. Steph Curry wet him up for 13 threes. Oh. Broke Ray Allen's record. Broke Ray? No, it wasn't Ray Allen. It was Danielle Marshall's record. Uh, Danielle Marshall? Danielle Marshall. Wow. Uh, uh, his record of 12 three-pointers made in a game. Steph Curry was able to do something that was never before done in history. And so for him to do that on the Pels as we enter the season going into our ninth game tonight against the Bucks, 0-8. Didn't feel so great, so uh, Tuesday wasn't wasn't the greatest day, but uh, definitely a good day for the Warriors. Um, but I'll, we'll talk about some commitments and signings um, on the basketball court side of things, as well as the gridiron, and then we'll get into the UL homecoming game against the Idaho Vandals. We'll also talk about the Saints and, of course, uh, the Pelicans today. So we're going to start it off with some high school scores from last week. So let's go ahead and get it started, Josh. Edna Carr defeated McDonough 35-56-12. Both of those teams came in undefeated. And, uh, man, one of them had to lose, and it was McDonough 35. And, um... Blowout fashion uh, to drop them to nine and one. Move Edna Carter ten and zero. Lagrange mm. defeated Washington Marion. Mm. Gave him that first loss, huh? Yeah, I think I, I, we went with Carr. I went with Carr. I went with Carr too. I'm not gonna go with thirty five. Did it right. <laughs> Amit defeated Albany thirty eight seven. Notre Dame defeated New Iberia Catholic thirty one to fourteen. Both of those teams came into the game undefeated. Kenny. Um, one of them had to lose, like we said before, McDonald 35 and Edna Carr. Somebody has to lose, man. The I, game is not going to end in a tie. So that dropped New Iberia Catholic to 9-1. and one. I'm pretty sure I picked New Iberia Catholic. Uh, kind of let me down, but I'm sure they're going to have something to prove entering the playoffs. Man, we'll see, man. They had a good season. They should continue it, depending on the opponent in the playoffs. Next, Hineville defeated Thibodeau at home, 44-27. Anthony Puka Williams had a big game in that one. Evangel defeated C.E. Bird 52-0. And I'll give you a quick stat about Evangel. They have won 70 straight district games at home. 70. 7-0 straight district games at home. They beat Bird what? 50-0? 50 52-0. C.E. Bird? C.E. Bird. The Jackets by 50? Yeah. Wow. What? Iowa, the number one seed in, in the 3A playoffs, defeated Jennings 54-28. Benton defeated Bozier 47-25. Scotlandville continued their undefeated season 
finishing 10-0, beating Denham Springs 34-28. LaRondra finished their outstanding season with a 54-6 victory over Riverdale. Madison Prep with a big dub over Christian Life, 71-27. They hung 70 on them, Kenny. Wow. Uh, that, Prep, sounds like the a, Chargers. that sounds like an Oregon score or something like that, man. The old Oregon. The Chip yes, Kelly Oregon. the old Ducks. St. Aug, they f- finished their outstanding season, 20-7, man. L. Jones trying to keep his job over there. Uh, D. LaSalle finished their season with a 27-3 victory over Lutcher. St. Helena, 53-0 over North Lake Christian. Got a lot of undefeated teams entering the playoffs. This should be interesting. Should be interesting, See if they man. can uh, go all the way and get that ship. Everybody cannot win. That's the, that's the thing about it, man. Somebody has to lose. Somebody has to be the there winner. There can only Somebody be one winner. St. Paul's 59-21 over Fountain Blue. Lafayette 34-31 over Como. You picked Lafayette last week. I picked Como. I guess I was wrong. You was right, man. St. Thomas More <laughs> 49-6 over Northside. St. Thomas More fi- finishing their season 7-3, dropping Northside to 1-9, man. Getting that Tough three seed. Season. Getting that three seed in their uh in a division state championship division. Northside, tough season, man. One and nine, but there's woo, they have some talent over there, man. So they should be able to put it together next season, have a better one, man. You can only go up from one and nine. Very true. Northwest Raiders up there in Swords, Louisiana. Close to Ville Platte, right outside Opelousas. They finished the season 10-0 for their best season in school history, man. Oh, they gonna capture the championship? We'll find out uh, very soon. We'll find out once the playoffs start, man. To move on to some players who shined on the gridiron last week. Car wide receiver Anthony Spurlock. He had three receptions for 131 yards against McDonald 35. Two of those receptions coming for touchdowns. 2017 wide receiver slash place kicker from St. Amant, Briggs Bourgeois. He had five receptions for 67 yards, two touchdowns, a punt return touchdown, a 49-yard field goal. Plus, like I said, he's the place kicker as well. So he had eight touchdowns, man. He has a strong leg, man. That man's an athlete. Not many guys in high school are kicking 49-yard field goals. My next guy from East Feliciana, 2018 athlete, Jamonte Franklin. He had 261 all-purpose yards last week. Nine carries, 104 yards, three touchdowns, a reception touchdown, a pick six to go with five tackles. 2019 quarterback from St. Paul's, Jonte McDowell. He completed 15 of 20 passes for 297 yards to go with five touchdowns. 2017 quarterback from Edna Carr, maybe the best quarterback in the New Orleans area, definitely top five in the state for the class of 2017. He completed 10 of 14 passes for 270 yards to go with three touchdowns. That gives him 27 touchdowns for the season to go along with seven picks. 2018 Anthony Puka Williams, the running back from Hineville, had an outstanding game last week against Thibodeau. He had as many yards as some guys have the whole season. In Kenny, one game? In one game. Um, it seems he, like his name keeps popping up every week. Man, he's a regular, man. He's a superstar on that team, man. He's a top player in the state in the class of 2018. He had 30 rushes for 355 yards, Kenny. 
to go with four touchdowns. Um, one rush came for 70. One touchdown rush came for 24, 8, and 38 yards. So, he's a big play guy, man. Um, What's his game? Is he north, south, east, west? He's a slasher, man. Um, speed guy. Ran a 4-2-1 and a 40 up there at the bootleggers uh, inv- invitational. So, okay. Speed guy, man. Okay. We could use him in a slot, use him out the backfield, use him on kickoffs, punt returns. Has he... Has he uh, he, he hasn't committed yet, man. He has about 15 offers right now. He's a class of 2018 graduate, so he has plenty of time oh, to, yeah, he's got, um, he's got some to time. signing day comes. So, um, some notable playoff matchups. There are some intriguing, some are notable, some local in the areas from the Lawrence area. Some rivalries. Yes, sir. Around the state. Some Head of them into- district matchups, Kenny. Um, to the playoffs. In the huh? 5A, I'll go through the 5A first. Uh, Destrahan earned the number one seed. They face off with Terrebonne at home tomorrow. Thibodeau faces off with Mandeville. John Errol is at home against Halton. Hineville is at home against Covington and Devin Broomfield. The Lions travel to Boutique. Landry Walker faces off with Brandon Akawi and the Fountain Blue. The Bulldogs. Um, so... Kenny, our next game, uh, West Monroe, they have the number two seed. H.L. Bourgeois from home travels up there to face the Rebels. Well, who do you think is pulling that out? I'm going to go Monroe. with West Monroe, man. That's, that's a powerhouse in North powerhouse, Louisiana. Bart faces off with East St. John. Ponchatoula faces the Como Spartans. Acadiana faces Alexandria. Um, on to 4A, Kenny, uh, Neville, number one seed as usual. Faces off with Woodlawn from BR. Cameron Crow faces off with Salmon. LaRondra faces off with St. Martinville. Franklin Parish at Minden. Lavonia at Bastrop. That should be an intriguing one right there. We Nola, Franklinton out there in New Orleans at Pan Am. 7 o'clock Friday. McDonald 35 versus Grant High School. Plaquemine versus Brobridge. That should be a good one. And Carr versus Pearl River. That should be a route. Hmm. On to 3A, Kenny, West Feliciana, they earned the number one seed. They face off with Donaldsonville. Eunice faces off with E-Rat. Northwest is at home versus Mansfield. I hope they continue their good season. Lutcher faces of volumes. Kaplan got that three seed with an undefeated season. They face off with McMain. Peabody and St. James. I'm counting on St. James to pull an upset there. Iowa earned the number two seed. They face off with Port Allen. So, Kenny, what you got for us, man, on the, on the basketball side of things, man? Who committed yesterday for the signing day? Well, as you all may know or may not know, yesterday was National Signing Day where players got a chance to sign their LOIs. This is, I believe, the early signing period. And so some of the players decided to just go ahead and put their name on that dotted line. Some of the top prospects throughout the state that have signed include... Caleb Stark, 6'2 guard from Lafayette Christian, signed his national letter of intent to go and play for the Demons of Northwestern State University. They also picked up another guy who was first team All-State 3A last year out of Wassman, 5'10 guard. Casey Jones Jr., a.k.a. C.J. Jones, will also be heading up that 2017 class for NSU. The Cajuns, the ULL, picked up a surprising prospect, three-guard prospect out of Peabody, 6'3 guard, Cedric Russell, 
nice pickup for the Cajuns. I really like that. That really he's really gonna be able to space the floor for us, and he can really come in and have an impact. I believe early as long as he can lock in on the defensive end. Next, we have Brandon Rachel, guard forward, six six from Natchitoches Central. Go ahead, put his name on the dotted line. Will be a Tiger for Louisiana State University NBR. I heard that. Galen Alexander will be joining him there from LCA to 6'6 small forward. Next, we have Lamont Burzett, 5'8 point guard out of Landry Walker. Will be staying in his hometown. It will be suiting it up for the privateers of UNO. And lastly, we got Joseph Thompson, 6'8 power forward from Bonnebel. Put his name on the dotted line. He's going to arrival of UL, South Alabama. Uh, I'm sure all these guys will have good careers where they go As long as they stay focused, stay in those books, and stay on the court Joseph Thompson, right? Joseph, Joseph Thompson. Thompson So he's the enemy now, he's going to the Jags ah, So we'll be seeing him in the Cajun Dome We'll see, man We will see him in the Cajun Dome next season Alright, we'll uh, what are you talking about, man? So yeah, and then in other news, we have a Latrell Jones from Archbishop Shaw, 2017 guard, received an offer from LSUA in mid-October. Roman Williams uh, verbally committed to Emory in September. Underrated Raylon Hardy, 5'10 guard from Hanville, picked up an offer from Centenary. And his AAU teammate, Mike Young, the 6'8 post player from Salmon, also received an offer from Centenary, so that they both could potentially be going there together as a duo. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, I'm really uh, excited for all these guys getting these offers, um, committing and signing their NLI. Um, and I'm sure that their fan base and their school is very proud of them and what they've done. And we also can't wait for the high school basketball season to start and let these guys really shine their, uh, their senior seasons. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and transition into some offers on the gridiron. What do you have for us, Josh? 2017 fullback slash defense alignment from Southern Lab Shannon Foreman earned an offer from Southeastern. 2017 defensive lineman Hunter Clay from St. Thomas More earned an offer from Arkansas Monticello. Next, we have an up-and-coming running back from the state of Louisiana out of New Iberia, Louisiana, attending Westgate High School. Tyrese Jackson earned an offer from the Mountaineers of West Virginia. That's a big one right there, man. Wow. So they, they're all they're pretty pretty much known for being decent or pretty good on offense. West Virginia, yes, yes. indeed. Yes, oh, indeed. Yeah. Noel Devine, Steve Slade, Pat White. Yes, sir. Geno Smith, Tavon Austin, Stedman Bailey, um, the new guy, the guy that just got drafted by the uh, Oakland Raiders. Um, even though he's on defense, Keith Joseph, superb safety. Not to get off subject, but next guy we have 2017 defense alignment from Madison Prep, my boy Troy James. He recently decommitted from the University of Kansas. Uh, picked up an offer from Oklahoma, the Sooners. Woo! Boomer Sooner? Boomer Sooner. Bob Stoops, Mike Stoops. Big time, Big 12. It's a big time powerhouse. Right there, man. Oklahoma's been a powerhouse for years. Next guy we have 2020 running back slash wide receiver from Folsom, Jacoby Bellison. He earned an offer from Northern Illinois. Um, 
some commitments, Kenny. Well, one commitment that we have uh, from last week. Um, 2017 offense alignment from Destrahan, Elijah Hayes. He committed to McNeese State. And another commitment we have uh, coming up today, later on today, um, Evan Johnson from Laranja. He will, he will be committing to his um, to his university that he would like to play for um, later on. So what um, are what are the you know his top choices? Uh, I think he's gonna go to North Texas. I think I think he's gonna go to That's North Texas. That's your I may be right. I may be wrong, man. Well, Just we'll a find prediction. out later, won't we? Transitioning to the next segment of the show. Uh, tough week last week for the UL football team. Um, homecoming last Saturday, we suffered an L, the fifth L of the season, Kenny. The tailgate was lit, but the game was not. Um, 23-13 to 13 to the Idaho Vandals. Um, not a very good game offensively. More of the same that has been for the last, let's say, six weeks. Um, offense not on track. Need to open up the playbook. Need to find some plays that's going to work, man. Anthony Jennings, like I said, he went 17 to 30, 161 yards. Had 12 rushes for 19 yards, Kenny. Um, no touchdowns? Though? A recurring event for Anthony Jennings every game. He had a turnover in the form of a fumble last game. Um, Elijah Maguire still not 100%. They're saying he's ninety percent these days, but um, I'm thinking he's. Lower I don't. Than that. He's not looking like the same Elijah right now. It he's is. I think it's really hurting his draft stock too. He's hurting he... his draft stock for sure, man. Um, I saw a, I saw the draft rankings yesterday. The top three hundred. He was not in the top three hundred. I also saw the running back rankings yesterday. I believe he was ranked number seventeen out of the top twenty running backs. So, man, uh, he needs to. He needs to either sit it down for the season, get healthy for the combine, and. A pro day or um, put out some more production within these last couple of games, man. Uh, he has 17 carries for 55 yards. We know he can do better than that. He knows he can do better than that. I think uh, it's once again up to our offensive line and just being able to not be so predictable on offense. Correct. We need to, um, I think we need to open up the vertical passing game. Um, not totally get rid of the short, quick passes to the outside. We need to, um, we need some more less predictable plays, man. Because the plays that we're running right now, they're just the defense knows what we're doing. So, um, on the defensive side of the ball, Tremaine Lightfoot had 13 tackles. Tracy Walker had eight tackles. Our defense did not register any sacks or any turnovers, man. That is a problem. We need to put more emphasis on getting sacks and especially turnovers, man. Especially if we're down late in the game, the defense just needs to. Get there and get that in their head that we need to get the offense the ball back. So, on to the Idaho Vandals. Um, their quarterback, Mr. Matt Linehan, went 20 of 30, 227 yards. Isaiah Saunders, the running back, had 21 rushes for 86 yards to go with a touchdown. Also, five receptions, 55 yards. Tony Lashley on defense, he's a sophomore linebacker. He led the way with 13 tackles, 0.5 tackles for a loss. Along with Caden Ellis, he's also a sophomore. He had eight tackles to go with two and a half for a loss, also with two sacks. So it's just, I think offensively, it was just inconsistent. Our first drive, Anthony Jennings, we threw, we had that vertical pass. We had that vertical pass to Michael Jaquette for for 52 52 yards. yards. For a first play of the game. I was like, whoa, whoa, yo, this is, they're they're for real today. And then kind of. Got flustered near that uh, red zone. Didn't score. Ended up 
settling for a field goal. The field so, goal win the game, obviously. Um, and Idaho, they just looked like a well oil machine. They just drove down the field methodically, and UL just we, we show fr- flashes of brilliance on offense, but we're just very inconsistent. So we have to pick that up. Our next opponent um, tonight, as a matter of fact, on ESPNU for 6.30 Central Time. We are on the road at the Georgia Southern Eagles. Um, in Savannah. In Savannah, Georgia. They are 4-5. and 1-2 and two at home. We are 3-5 and five overall. 2-1 and one on the road. We are averaging 22 points a game. Georgia Southern, 26.8. We're giving up 27 points a game. Georgia Southern giving up 25 points per game. So... Kenny, do you have do you think we have a chance to win this game? I do believe we do. Just because they're not that great at home. I mean, one and two played three games, and they only won one of them. Um, they're not a powerhouse in the Sun Belt. We have a chance. I believe we have a chance every week. I believe we hold the keys to our destiny at the end of the day. If we can come out with the confidence, if we can come out, smack them in their mouth. I think we got a shot at winning. Um, here I have they are allowing 393 yards per game, 256 through the air, 177 on the ground. So like we said last week, Georgia Southern is allowing 177 yards on the ground. We said that last week with Nevada, they were allowing the same amount of yards on the ground. And we only registered barely over 100, if that, against those guys. So. I'm not going to say that Eli is going to get 100 yards this week. What about you? What what, what you say about that? Because I was obviously wrong. He should eat on the field. He should eat on the field. But maybe teams are gearing towards our run game because they know that our quarterback play is, you know, can be faulty um, half the time. So So you think it's a time to uh, put Jordan Davis in and kind of like bench Anthony Jennings see what Jordan Davis has in the tank no I think we need to stay with him because at this point we're three and five we kind of know who we are in that aspect I don't think switching it and trying to figure out mid-season or past the mid-season point who are gonna who's gonna be our quarterback this the season is 70 60 percent over 60 65 percent over so let's go out there work with what we have use Anthony Jennings and just Tailor the playbook to our personnel. That's the main thing. I don't think we need a QB change at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, he's. I don't. I think he's our best option in terms of throwing. I, I. I personally don't care for dual threat quarterbacks that much because I think a lot of the times, you know, they fight with that battle. Of should I run or should I throw? I think we need a, a thrower back there. And if we put in Jordan Davis or someone else on the depth chart, most of the time they're going to be running anyway. And that can make our offense even more predictable. So I would say we just stay with stay with AJ. All right, man. So prediction I mean, for the night, man. What you got? Prediction for the night? I'm going to go ahead and say UL pulls it out. Close one. 20 to 17. I'm gonna say Georgia Southern pulls it out at home to improve their home record to 2 and 2. 30 24. Alright, well, there you have, have it. it. So, New Orleans Pelicans, man, what you got to say about these guys? Start the season off 0 and 8. Yeah, so we're gonna move on to our Pelicans segment. 
Andy Davis performing at MVP level, but still, like I said, we're 0 and 8. We are 0 and 8 to start the season off. What you gotta say about we, that, man? Uh, look, I will say. I will blame it on our depleted roster as well as our coach. I think you have to curtail your offense always, regardless of your basketball philosophy, to the personnel that you have. Right now, we don't have our starting point guard or combo guard in Drew Holiday and Tyreek Evans. Arguably, two of our three top players. So now we have Anthony Davis out there. Look, Anthony Davis is like... You know, when you play out on YMCA team, or if you play pickup, and some people ask you, hey, you want to play? And they're not the best players. They're kind of scrubs, but you kind of want to just get out there, warm up a little bit, so you play with them, and you give them your all, and you just come up short every time. And it's like, man, if I could just do a little more for my team, maybe we can win the next game. But you don't necessarily win the next game. You just look really good out there, but you're on a bad team, so... AD's stats are crazy. He's definitely an MVP candidate, but they're not winning right now, so I don't see him realistically winning it. So you said the problem is the injury-ridden roster? And He's injury-ridden and... coaching? Look, when you have that next-man-up mentality, you have to have that as a team, and right now I only see Tim Frazier, in my opinion, stepping up and helping out. He's averaging 12 points a game. He's averaging 7.5 assists. And a little over still a game, but we have one player on our team with a PER over 18, which is not good at all. And you know who that is. It's AD. Uh, We have one player on the team shooting greater than 40% from three-point land. This has been a problem over the past multiple seasons, five, six seasons. I can tell you it's not Buddy Hill. It's spreading the floor. And that person, surprisingly, is Dante Cunningham, who's shooting at a 42.9% clip from the three-point land. Cunningham? One player on our team shooting greater than... The next guy up would be Tim Frazier at 38.9% from three. Um, But in my opinion, Tim Frazier's been the most consistent. He's the only one, in my opinion, really helping AD out. Etoine Moore's averaging 12 points per game. But outside of Tim Frazier... Etuan Moore and AD, who's averaging 31 points a game. Everyone else is averaging under 10 points a game. We need more out of our team. That next man up mentality needs to be told to all the players by the coaches. Because at the end of the day, we can't look to see, oh, you know, we're injured. Blah, 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 blah. Look, we know the team we have right now. Let's try to go out there and win with the team we have now. I will say that we are on 8. But of those eight losses, only two of them have been by 10 or more. That 10-point loss was to the Warriors, and our largest loss of 19 was to the Spurs. Two very good teams. So about our eight losses, right? You're saying that we... We were very close, but we didn't execute. All right, so that still counts as a loss, right? Exactly. Right, perfect. So what I'm saying... Would you say that our losses... We have eight losses... Six of them have come by 10 points or less, right? So maybe that comes down to coaching. All right. It does come down to coaching, part coaching, and part defense. Because in those six games, well, eight 
to be exact, we have allowed over 100 points we, in every game. We allowed Steph Curry to, to set an NBA record on us. Th- 13 three-pointers made in one game? That is ridiculous. Not even Steph Curry, but where's the defense for every game? Where's we we allow 100 points. We're playing that Matador defense. That's what my dad used to tell me sometimes. Sometimes I, when I would pick up my, shuffle my feet on, on, on defense, I would slide over. I just let him blow by. And that's that Matador defense. Shout out to Pops. That's that Matador defense that the Pelicans are playing, man. I don't know. Just letting them go by. Just letting them shoot threes. And it's leading to L's, man. L's upon L's upon L's upon L's. So, with the Pelicans being in the division with the Rockets, Mavericks, Spurs, Grizzlies. We're not making the playoffs. We're not making the playoffs. We're not making the playoffs. We're 0-8 right now. We're not making the playoffs. So... And I'm a Pelicans fan, but I'm just being real right now. We can see that there's no postseason future for us right now, even in the beginning of the season. So I do think Tyreek Evans will come back before Drew Holiday, but I don't know if we get enough wins to make the playoffs, point blank, period. We don't make the playoffs this year with AD. Do we still need to keep our coach? I mean, we had Lance Stevenson, who was providing a spark off of the bench with almost 10 points, three boards, and five assi- about five assists a game. But he's no longer with us. He got injured, and we waived him. Do, so, do Alvin Gentry stay? If we, we don't, don't have enough playoffs. playmakers, we have two players on our team averaging more than three assists a game: Tim Frazier and Etwan Moore. Does Alvin Gentry stay if we don't meet the playoffs this year? And I'm talking. I'm not talking about making missing. I'm not talking about barely missing the playoffs, like forty and forty-two. Uh, uh, no, 30 we're, talk- and we're talking about a twenty-nine and yeah. you know forty. Does he stay after that? That forty-three. Does he stay after that many wins? Twenty-nine wins. Does he stay beyond this season? Twenty-nine and fifty-three. I don't. I don't think. I. I think it's honestly. Management, because I think the coach has some input. At the end of the day, I think it's the the uh, front office who has to make those calls on who to sign and how much money to give to certain players. And obviously, I don't think we did a great job at all in the offseason. We got Solomon Hill, who's averaging just about what he averaged with the Pacers, and he's a starter for us now. Not really doing too much, really, to be honest. Um, So... This is all I got to say, man. Season prediction for the Pelicans. Playoffs? Where I say no playoffs. No playoffs. We're definitely the getting a lottery pick. Lottery pick, definitely. We're a lottery pick bound for sure. Can we finish um, bottom five in the West? Yes. Okay. We unfortunately are going to finish bottom five in the West. And I got love for the Pels, man, but they just not, I just, AD's not getting no help outside Tim Frazier right now. And who knows when Tyreek. Or Drew will come back and help our team out. So, sad, sad state for the Pelicans right now. Hopefully they can pick it up somehow. We'll see. I mean, we got we got a guy. We 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 got some uh, some 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 free agents who aren't signed. I mean, you know, we got a Mario Chalmers out there who can definitely shoot from three. Uh, he can definitely be a playmaker. He can definitely play defense. Uh, sure so we'll see. Before the season started, this is true. I'm just saying we don't really necessarily have a backup point guard right now. He's definitely could be that six man player role since we lost Lance Stevenson. I definitely think that's a, a solid pickup that we could have. Maybe even a Josh Smith. 
former Hawk player, even though he signed with the China, he signed with a Chinese team. I mean, that's you got to get creative when we have a, de- a depleted roster such as ours. So that's the end of that. And lastly, we're gonna talk about our Saints who have been turning it around as of late. Saints recent resurgent. Who that? For who that? Two, four and four right now. Second in the NFC South. Started off the season 0-3. Won our last three or four games. Um, including their wins. Those three wins coming over the Panthers, Seahawks, 49ers. Drew Brees right now. Halfway point of the season. Second in the league in passing. 2,689 yards. Um, only second behind Matt Ryan. 21 touchdowns, five picks. On pace for 40 touchdowns. Mark Ingram leading Russia. Not having he's having a so so season. Fumbling problem that he didn't have in college. I don't know what is it of late. Um he's why he's been fumbling so much. But um he had a, he bounced back last week with a good game after being benched against the Seahawks. Had 155 yards last week, career high. Um those guys on the receiving end of those Drew Brees passes, Brandon Cooks. Michael Thomas, Willie Snead. I love these three receivers that we have. All of them different in what they can do on the field. I'll say Michael Thomas is our number one receiver right now. More of our possession guy. Our guy that we can count on when we need a first down. Um, He's earning a lot of trust in Drew Brees as of late. As a rookie. As a rookie. Putting in work. Michael Thomas leads all rookies in catches, my man. So expect for him, expect a big career from him. Um, but we're gonna just stick with this season right now. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Um, I think he gets a thousand yards this season. Um, Willie Sneed, I think, gets a thousand thousand yards this season. You yes. think for a rookie? Yes. Is he Pro Bowl bound potentially? Um, with the favoritism and voting, I don't think he's gonna make the Pro Bowl. But hey, who knows? Uh, he might become a fan favorite um, later on. So. Brandon Cooks as well, on pace for a thousand yards. Willie Sneed. So, like I said, man, Drew Brees may have three potential thousand-yard receivers this year. Um, in my opinion, these three guys are um, one of the top receiving cores in the league. I'll say top five. The future. They're the future. All of them are 24 and under. Willie Sneed being the elder of that group. Um, statistically. All of these guys are top 35 in receiving um, yards. So, like I said, man, all three are on pace for 1,000 yards. Our next opponent that we have in the Dome this week, uh, the Denver Broncos, Ooh. defending Super Bowl champions. Coming off a loss on Sunday night against the Raiders of Oakland. The Oakland Raiders, 30-20. to 20. I have a couple of friends who are Raiders fans. Latavius Murray was running all over them. He was running the ball, man. I have a couple of friends who are Raiders fans. Me too. Who are very happy with this season, man. And hey, I can't tell them shut up for bragging, man, because they're seven and two right now, looking like they're gonna have a nice playoff seed, couple of home games, maybe. Hey, we'll see. Maybe a two seed, maybe a buy in that first round. We'll man. see. We have that division rival coming here, six and three, struggling as of late with injuries on the defense. And injuries on the O-line, making the O-line out of sync, man. Um, and a below-average quarterback in Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon was drafted around 250th overall, mm-hmm. I believe, mm-hmm. a couple years ago. I mean, he's serviceable. He's a game manager, but he doesn't 
He doesn't wow you. He doesn't blow the top off a of defense. So um, those guys that he's he's throwing about to two main guys, Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas. We're gonna have to lock down on those guys this game, Kenny. The Saints. Um, I'm taking us in a victory to continue this win streak as of late to move us to five and four for the rest of the season. Our remaining opponents after Denver in no particular order. We have four division games, two against the Bucks, one against the Panthers on a Thursday night at Atlanta last game. And one against them dirty birds. Against the dirty birds last game of the season. We need that dub. It might put us in the playoffs and might give us that division crown. Um, our other opponents, the Cardinals, Los Angeles Rams, and the Detroit Lions on December 4th. And very, the, um, very winnable rest of the season. Win- uh, winnable rest of the season. Winnable. All games are winnable. All the rest of these games are winnable starting with this game Sunday. I think so, I'll- man, I think if we get past these, this game Sunday against Denver... Protect Drew Brees because that's going to be vital against Denver. That vaunted pass rush with Von Miller on one end, a healthy Demarcus Ware back on that other end. We're going to have to protect, man. It's going to be vital for Terran Ter- Armstead to play this week, man, um, to kind of hold Demarcus Ware to check. And I'm not going to even say hold him into check. But to keep him off of Drew Brees, man, because Terrence Armstead is a pro bowl left tackle. So, Kenny, I think the Saints put it out in the close one, 27-21 to 21 against the Denver Broncos this week to move to 5-4. and four. I hear I you, bro. I hear you, bro. That's what um, I think, my man. We'll see. Von Miller's coming to town and company, so uh, it'll be a good matchup. So I think a lot of people uh, wrote off the Saints, but... You know, they're turning their season around, so we wish them the best this week. That about wraps it up for episode 10. Episode 10 in the books. You can follow us on Twitter, at KSmith on Hoops. Josh Rob Scout. Also, subscribe for free on iTunes or on SoundCloud. Peace. Peace.